Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers, and we're glad to be back with you today uh, for another great episode. Um, We've mentioned in other episodes as we were kind of talking, maybe about what was coming up, that we're going to be mentioning a very real, very serious topic today, um, and really three separate things um, that really go hand in hand in a way that each of us may experience some of um, in different ways. Um, they may be greater, may be smaller. You might sense just a little bit of it, and another might sense a whole lot of it. Um, but regardless, um, we really felt the need that we talk about this, and we wanted to do just that. And really, these these things are very prominent in our churches and as Christians. And what these three subjects are, these three things are, is anxiety, depression, and doubt. Now, anxiety and depression run hand in hand, um, and then in turn can bring on doubt, but sometimes you doubt without anxiety or depression. Sometimes you have depression or go through a depression um, without anxiety or doubt, and sometimes you have anxieties and things of that nature without any of the other two. But every one of us at some point in time, I assure you, will probably more than likely go through one of these things, at least because of the life that we live and and the things that we do in life. And And we really, really, really hope today that, that this will bring some help to you. Um, we want to we wanna look at, at some statistics right quick. Um, and we then we'll get into what we've got planned for this episode. Uh, we looked into some st- statistics, and they say over 30% of adults in the U.S. reported to have some form of anxiety or depression in February of 2023, and that's not including children. 50% of young adults, 18 to 24, have reported having the same condition. Women experience an anxiety. Uh, women experience anxiety and depression at roughly twice the rate of men. And then only 37% of people with anxiety and depression receive help and treatment. Um, And I want to say this. Anxiety is a real thing. Real people struggle with it, and you are not alone. Uh, This week, I'm going to go ahead and step back, um, and we're going to hear from some people just like you and me. Um, what we've done is we have prayed and we was asking God kind of how this episode needed to go. And this is this is going to be a two-part episode. So next week we've got something else that's uh, uh, that's planned and very special uh, for the podcast. But this week we felt the need to just step back from the mic, uh, step away for a little bit. And we've asked two uh, people that we love and, and that are friends of ours uh, to come on the podcast and to talk to you about the things that they've went through. They've went through... Uh, maybe these things and and what I told him was you just follow the Lord you be real you be you and um, to be a hundred percent honest um, I've listened to the recordings um, and I believe that you're going to enjoy them um, and and they just they give their testimonies and and just great great things but first uh, the first guest the first recording the first testimony that we're going to listen to today um, is from a woman named Hannah Grendel. She's a friend of mine. We used to go to church uh, at Yellow Creek together. Her and her husband, I love them to death, um, and they will always hold a special place in my heart. But uh, Hannah Grendel has a, a very, very fabulous uh, testimony, and the Spirit of God's all in it. But in that, I want you to notice something before we even get into that. Hannah Grendel is... A youth director and she works with the youth there at Yellow Creek and she works with the youth choir and does all of these things. So she's got a position in the church that, you know, may seem big to some, may seem small to others, yet she's going to share some things that she went through uh, here in just a second. So we're going to go ahead, jump into it, and we're going to go ahead and listen to what Hannah has to say. Hey y'all, my name is Hannah and I'm here to talk to you about my battle with anxiety and depression. Um, My only hope and my only prayer for all of this is that hopefully someone can hear this and get some help for what they're going through or gain some strength to get through it. My journey started a few years ago and it was a year that was pretty much supposed to be the best year of my life. I was graduating college, starting my adult life. I was engaged in planning a wedding. 
Um, and it also was a time when I was starting to learn that not everything in life is going to go as you planned it. Um, I started to have panic attacks. Things weren't going the way I wanted. That led to depression. And at the time, I think the most scary part was I was experiencing something that I had heard about for a really long time, but I truly never understood it. And I think a lot of people get confused when they start experiencing this, and it just makes it so much worse. Um, But thankfully, I reached out to people and I got some help. My panic attacks got very, very physical. I would start breathing heavy. I couldn't eat. I was so nauseous. I would shake. Um, That led to the depression. I just had no interest in anything. I didn't want to get out and hang out with people. I just wanted to go to work and come home and do nothing else. And when it got to the point that I would go days without eating, I knew that I needed help. And thankfully, I had a wonderful mother who was there for me through all of this. I called her crying one day And I said, Mom, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand why I feel like this. I know that, you know, I should be happy. I've got a job. I've got a wonderful husband. Everything should be fine. But I just wasn't fine. And she said, you know what, Hannah? When you have cancer, you go get chemo. When you have diabetes, you go take insulin. And it's the same thing with mental health. If you have anxiety, depression, anything like that, You go see a doctor and you get help and there's no shame in that. And so I reached out and got a psychiatrist and she was wonderful. Yes, she did prescribe me medicine. That was very, very helpful. But one thing I loved about her and I'm so lucky and thankful I got her is because she always makes it a point to help me know that it is not just about the medicine. You can't just rely on that. Yes, it's a wonderful tool, but there's so much more you can do for yourself to help this than just medicine. You have to eat right. She's always making sure I get enough sleep, making sure I'm exercising, and all these things put together. She also talks about taking time to meditate. As she says, for me, that's my time in prayer, the time that I spend with the Lord. And it just truly helps. You can't just rely on medicine. If you do you're going to be very disappointed because it can only help so much. Um, I'm doing a lot better today. I don't have panic attacks near as much. The depression is nowhere near as bad. I get better each and every day. I definitely have hard days or even hard weeks sometimes, but I'm so much stronger now. And I think that's because of the few things I've learned. And the main things I wanted to share with you would would be that it is okay to seek help and get medicine. I think there's a lot of, especially in the Christian community, a lot of people think that, oh, well, she doesn't have strong faith if she goes and gets medicine. She just needs to pray about it. Well, I think, yes, you need to pray about it, but I don't see why God would not want you to seek out a doctor's help, just like he would if you had cancer or something like that. And again, do not only rely on medication. You've got to make sure your body's healthy. Your medicine's not even going to work as well if you're not healthy, if you're not exercising, if you're not sleeping right. Another thing that was very hard for me to learn, but I did learn later on, is that you can be private about what you're going through, but at the end of the day, you do need people to lean on and to rely on. For me, that's my husband and my mom, my brother and sister-in-law, my dad, A few of my friends know what I'm going through, my close ones, but honestly, some of them don't. And it's just kind of a thing to where you you do need people to reach out to and people to lean on, but that's okay that not everybody knows because that just really helps you be confident that you can get through it and that you don't have to share every detail with everybody. And last but not least, the last few things You truly cannot do this without Jesus. Going through this was probably the first time that I truly had to rely and put all my faith in Jesus. And that's really not easy at all. I know some Christians like to say it is or make it look easy, but it's hard because you lose control. And at the end of the day, you're not going to know the outcome. But just like I was panicking when things didn't go my way, 
when I turn to Jesus, He gives me a peace about it because I know it's God's plan. And then also, do not look down on those who have mental health issues. I challenge you to be a help. You know, if they reach out to you, I think it's some people get uneasy because you don't understand what they're going through, but you don't have to. Just be a listening ear, be a shoulder to lean on. That's really all they need. That really helps people get strength. If I had any scripture about this, it would definitely be Romans chapter 5, and it's verse 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only also, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And these verses really help me because it really truly reminds me that no hard time that you go through with Jesus on your side is a loss. It is only a gain. It strengthens you. Tribulations, as it says, work patience. The more patience you have, the more you'll, more endurance you will have going through hard times. And as you have more patience, you gain more experience. I'm only 25 years old. I've only been dealing with all this for a few years but I definitely feel like I have gained experience that can help me and also help others. And then at the end of those verses, it says, and experience hope. And I think this is the main thing that I wish people would see and understand about having Jesus in your life is you are a winner either way. On my good days, when I'm just happy and I see all the blessings I have, I'm just so thankful. I'm a winner. I have Jesus. I have His love, His guidance, and His blessings. On my bad days, when I'm depressed or bad nights, when I have panic attacks, I am still a winner. I can still go to bed that night and lay my head down and be thankful because I have a peace that what I'm going through is God's plan, and it's all going to work out for the better for me because that's what God wants for you. He wants the best for you. And just as I said earlier, how when I started this, it was scary because I had never experienced it and I never understood it. That is the same thing as God's love. I could talk to you about it all day long, and I would love to if you want to listen. But the truth is, at the end of the day, until you experience God's love for yourself, you're not going to understand it. If you truly want that peace, you have to have that faith in Him. You have to turn to Him. So that's my story. That's some things that I've learned. If you have any questions for me, please reach out to Grayson. He'll get them to me. I do not care to answer at all. Um, I love each and every person listening. I am praying for you. Um, thank you very much for listening. That was Hannah Grindle giving her testimony on anxiety and depression. And I just want to say this, that Hannah, I didn't have to go to Hannah she come to me first and said, "Hey, whenever you do these things, I'll, I'll if I can help you in any way." And I, then I reached out, and she said these things. What stuck out to me is how not only did she talk and mention about her issues that she had, and and how that uh, what was helping her was medication and and eating right and sleeping right and, and taking care of her body, but the next thing she said was that she had to take care of the spiritual needs that she had. And even in my own life, I've found that when all three of those fall into place, it's a whole lot easier to make it day by day. But if Hannah's listening, I don't know if she'll listen to herself being recorded or not, but if she is, I want to thank her for coming on the podcast. Her and her entire family, her brother and sister-in-law, her husband, her mom and daddy, they all mean the world to me. And they're fine. you'll never meet any finer folk uh, around him. And really, I hope that what she had to say was a help to you and whatever you were going through. Next up, we've got a dear, dear friend of mine named Morgan Caldwell. Now, Morgan, he, he is one of my favorite people to pick on and joke with. We go to church together. Uh, we talk back and forth uh, and joke back and forth all the time. And as I got to praying, I felt the need that to ask him to uh, maybe give a little bit. And honestly, when he sent me the recording, 
and I listened to it, I was blown away how God used him and how that uh, he began to speak and and I could feel the spirit and what he was saying and and um, and I do want to say this. Uh, Morgan and Hannah both are just people, just normal people. Uh, even though Hannah works with the youth, um, she's still a normal person, just like you and I. And Morgan, Morgan teaches a Bible study on Thursday nights every now and again, and uh, him and a few others I go to church with. But Morgan, he just works a he just works a job like everybody else, works forty hours a week, but he still has these issues. Even though he's saved, even though he knows. He's still got these issues. So now we're going to listen to Morgan Caldwell give um, his testimony and, and speak a little bit about these same issues. I just wanted to start by um, telling Grayson, I, I appreciate him uh, asking me to help with this. And I don't know how much help I can be, but um, I appreciate Grayson, um, all that he does. He puts everything he's got into his ministry all that he does for the Lord. I, I appreciate Grayson, and uh, he's doing a good work, and he's been a big help to me. But um, when he was telling me about what he was, the subject was going to be about worry and uh, anxiety and depression, I, and I thought I, I could easily see why he picked me for that one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was just going to try and talk the best I could about it. Uh, I guess I was going to, try to start off with my testimony. I was saved uh, when I was around 12 years old, maybe 13. I think I was 12. And uh, I remember I'd run from it uh, all that I could. I uh, didn't think maybe a whole lot about dying when I was younger, but I, um, I did think about being left behind uh, if the rapture were to take place. And that that was always on my mind. But there were some other younger friends of mine that uh, still hadn't got saved, and some of them had. I think Shane had done been saved, and um, but I know Marty hadn't, and another cousin friend of mine, he hadn't been saved yet. So I, I guess I thought in my mind that the Lord wouldn't come back with so many lost young young people up in, up in here. I guess I know that don't make sense, but that's kind of how my mind worked. But... Um, Anyway, I remember, I remember where I was standing outside the gym that day. It was in August, uh, and Marty come up to me, and he said, uh, he said, guess what? And I, and I didn't even, wasn't thinking anything about it. And I said, what? And he said, uh, me, and, me and Trent, we got saved last night. And when he, when he said that, I can remember it was like, if you could, if you could put fear uh, in a bucket, it's literally like you just threw the whole bucket on me when he said that because... I was thinking at that moment, I knew that uh, if the Lord come back right then, I'd be left behind. I'd be alone. I'd be a little 12-year-old, 13-year-old left alone. And uh, it it scared me. I mean, it really scared me. So I made up my mind right then and there, uh, and I told the Lord, I said, you know, the next opportunity I get, I'm, I'm not running anymore. I'm, I'll go. I'll go, and so, and it may have been, it may have actually been that night, and uh, I remember from the time the singing and the preaching, all that was going on, all I was t telling the Lord the whole time is that I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, and um, as soon as the altar call started, I can remember stepping out, and I remember tears, trying to look through the tears as I was walking down the aisle, and I went up, and I prayed, and and I was just asking, praying for the Lord to save me, and uh, He saved me. Uh, I just I kept praying and asking, and you know, and then that, just that that peace came over me, and I just felt like I didn't need to ask anymore. There wasn't no uh, bright lights or no strong hard feelings about it. I just felt that I was saved. I didn't didn't need to be, or I didn't need to ask anymore, you know, to be saved and. But I remember when I raised my head, everybody was still praying. So me being like I am, I, I, I prayed a little bit more just, just to be sure. And I, I felt all right. So anyway, I, I went home that night, and I was feeling good. I was feeling real good. And I uh, was talking with Mom and Daddy and everything about what happened. And I went downstairs. We had a, uh, 
old record player, and I used to like to listen to Doc Watson on it. And uh, I went downstairs, <clears throat> and I just wanted to just listen to listen to him a little bit. And uh, there was a little voice that kept just kind of gnawing at me that night, saying that you you really didn't get saved. I mean, you, you you probably thought you got saved, but you really didn't get saved. And I tried to I tried to ignore it. I tried not to pay it no mind, but I just kept on and on. And by the time the morning rolled around, I was just Lord, I was worried to death. So we called uh, a good preacher friend, and he came over. And we read some and prayed, and I felt better. I felt, you know, I knew everything was okay. And I remember, you know, the, the next day at school, I was sitting on a rail, and I was looking back towards the mountains, back up here towards where I live. And uh, I was just thinking it's good. You know, it felt good to be saved. And went on and um, got baptized and joined the church and had done pretty good for a while. I'd done pretty good, but... You know, I'd still have trouble just me being the type of person I am with that, um, just anxious, and I'm very, very backwards. As you can tell, it's even hard to, for me to talk into this phone. It's just, I'm just not a good, uh, I'm not one just that's good at talking, you know, in front of people, but and I'm real, just real backwards about stuff. But I, and like I said, I still had trouble from time to time, but especially it seemed like when revivals, uh, when they come around. But... A lot of the times I can remember, you know, I'd go to the altar a lot. And I can remember even when I was young, I'd be praying up there. And I remember just sweating just or I'd stay up there so long because I, I was always praying that just in case or just in case something's missing, um, that type of thing. And I do, I've done that a lot. But And uh, as, I, as I got older, you know, I kind of got into uh, playing sports, uh, got it, you know, had my friends and whatnot, and I really, really started to kind of drift away from the Lord. And uh, by the time I was in high school, especially like my senior year and, and a little while afterwards, I was, I was really out in the world. And, you know, I, just, I remember coming through town one morning, I was just thinking about, you know, I wasn't doing right, I wasn't living right. But, and I just remember there was always, I don't know if it was the devil or the flesh, but it was just, just be saying, well, you're young and, you know, it's not that bad and all that. But and I can I can tell you this if you're listening, and it don't matter if you're young or old. Um, you don't listen ever listen to the flesh, and don't ever listen to the devil, and and especially don't ever don't even listen to your heart. Uh, the Bible says in Jeremiah seventeen nine, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But. Anyway, I, I would make excuses, and I, and I kept on for a while like that, but I knew I didn't want to always live that way, and, I, you know, I wanted to start living like a Christian ought to live. I didn't want to, you know, just be out there living any old way my whole life and not saying I know you can't live perfect, but I could do way beyond better than what I was doing. So, but anyway, I was, when I did try to, you know, really try to start straightening up, doing right, you know, it just seemed like I could not get that uh, that peace and that that happiness you know it seems like that everybody else had i'm just i would just always be nervous and especially like during um revivals and stuff i'm just constantly asking myself are you sure and you know uh you hear about a lot you know and preachers do and they, and, and they need to i know they do and they talk about uh church members that uh that uh, have been, you know, going to church for years and years, and uh, they're lost. And I know that that does happen. I know it does. But uh, when I hear it, you know, when you hear it, you know, I get to thinking, well, you know, is that me? Is that me? You know, I just I get to questioning myself. I, I, I'm one of those that questions myself very, very easily. And uh, I've done that a lot, and uh, it really got... Uh, with that and just me being just anxious-type person, too, I'm talking... Uh, there's been times in my life where that uh, I'd be so uh, fit worried and the anxiety and the stress and that I was going through. I I had went to I'd go to doctors and I'd take pictures of my stomach and drinking all this crazy stuff and it was it was rough and uh, it would just literally it feels like a you you could if you worried for like long periods at a time and I know there'll be some of you know what I'm talking about but when you worry for long periods at a time there's a time when that it'll feel like a knife 
or something's in your stomach, and it's just like a slow twist. And I know people think that's like exaggeration, but it is literally almost what it feels like if you if you let it get going on. And I've and I've done that. I've done that before, where that uh, your stomach and your nerves and everything is just hurting so bad that you can't even. It's hard to even talk talk about it when you get like that because you think, well, if I could just cry or if I could just talk to somebody, but it's just like I don't know. It's just it's hard it's hard to explain unless you've maybe been there. But anyway, I um. I finally realized during that time, too, that I had, you know, anxiety and a little bit of depression to go with that. And I've always been one that, uh, you know, you want to be sure about everything. I mean, not just not not just my salvation, but like I'm one that'll uh, know I turned the switch or the oven off and I'll still go back and check it. You know, knowing I've turned it off or go back and check a door or my job where I work, if I cut something off, I'll go back and check it many times, you know, knowing that I've done it. I'm just, I'm just kind of nervous or anxious like that. And, but so that's how that, um, you know, I, I am about things. And, and then I get to thinking about my salvation now. Now that don't, the other stuff don't even compare to my salvation because uh, your salvation is not something that you can say, well, I'll, I'll try to get it right next time. I mean, you know, you 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 don't get a second chance at that. So I guess that's one reason too. I, I dwell so much on it and want to be so sure about it. And I got to noticing too as I'd go through, you know, having these like like I said, hard times and whatnot. Um, that the harder it seems like you would try to live right and do right uh, and think right and I mean you if you're if you're like that you'll scrutinize yourself to death on everything that you do everything that you say and everything that you think and uh, it would just seem like sometimes these random awful thoughts would come uh, and like pop into my head out of nowhere and I and I just thinking why in the world or where is that coming from and I mean I was really getting to my wits end with with this one I couldn't you know, I, was, I thought it's bad enough that I worry. And now I've got these thoughts on top of it. So I remember I came home one day and I used to get uh, the Daily Bread, those little books. And uh, I mean, I was in a bad way. And I come home and I remember standing over there at the counter and I opened that book up and it said Thought Control. That was the name of the uh, little little story that I was reading about that day. And it was the uh, the scripture that they had was Second Corinthians ten five, and it's casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself above the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And uh, I, I memorized that verse, and I mean, every time those thoughts would come, I'd start quoting that verse. And I, to this day, I still, I still use that verse a lot. And I just, uh, and I've talked with other others about it and some will say yeah I know I know what you're talking about and then uh, you know others may not maybe be able to relate as much but uh, they would say I know I know what you're talking about and uh, like I said it wouldn't even be um, thoughts or anything that's even tempting to you it's just like out of the blue thoughts and you'd be in church or you might be trying to read your Bible or something and it's just like not you know you just where does that come from and Anyway, I, 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 like I said, I got that book and I, I read that verse. And like I said, I still use that to this day. It's the, that Second Corinthians ten five, and it and it really does. It helped it helped me a lot. And anyway, I know that like we was talking about you talking about feelings and stuff. We're not saved by feelings, but as I heard one preacher say, they they are there's feelings in it. And it's, it's like I said, it's kind of hard to explain to um, anybody that's never, never really dealt with it. If you've never really had that kind of anxiousness or any kind of depression at all, uh, it's just like everything that uh, you worry about, um, when you get the least little feeling that something's wrong, you may not go directly to your salvation, but if, it, if that little anxious feeling or whatever, if it don't go away soon, that's what it leads back to you may go uh, left or right but eventually um you know it always most of the time it leads back to that and then you'll start or i will i'll start questioning myself well i must maybe i'm maybe i'm lost or maybe you know i'm not saved or 
uh, maybe something's wrong with me. And, uh, you know, and, it, and it's, some people might say, well, maybe there's uh, some sin or something you're doing. And I'm, I promise you, it's, it's not that. Now, I'm not saying that I don't sin and I hadn't made some big mistakes, even, you know, since I tried to, you know, straighten up and do right still, I've made big mistakes and I still sin every day. But uh, I hadn't, there's no, like what I'm talking about, it's no ongoing, known daily sin or anything that I'm, I'm doing or anything like that. You know, I sin every day and I ask for forgiveness every day, not just some days, every, every day. Uh, you know, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But, and I know this is true for me, that uh, a lot of times it is a lot harder to forgive yourself than it is to accept forgiveness. But when we do that, I'm, I'm talking to myself, I guess we have to remember that, um, you know, we're not ever praying for the Lord, you know, to give us what we deserve. Uh, in, in Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, you know, we, we need to take works out of the equation and, you know, all of your mistakes and stuff out of the equation as far as um, your salvation goes. It's not of works. Now, there are works that a Christian does. You know, obviously, when, once you get saved, you're supposed to go on and try to try to have works. And, you know, you don't want to go in, as they say, smelling like smoke where all your works are burning up. You want to have... You want to have something, you know. It ain't. Um, I believe if you're saved, you just it ain't just maybe at that moment in time, you know, you're thinking about not going to hell and going to heaven. But you know, as you grow, you you want to have something to offer for the Lord, you know, to you know just to to be thankful for what He's done for you and where you where you are versus where you could be, and something to offer, you know. And I don't really feel like I have a whole lot by no means, but you want to. Uh, Try to have something. Try to have something for him, you know, and try to work for him and live for him. But I also was, when I was thinking about this too, I I think sometimes that I would think that, uh, or maybe it was in the back of my mind that I was thinking that if I feel maybe bad enough or if I worry enough, maybe, that I, you know, I can make up for some of that. But, uh, you know, that's not scriptural at all. Uh, I think sometimes people might mistake that, and me too. Uh, that oh, oh, well, that's that's humility, you know. When you you don't think you're good enough, and you don't, uh, and you feel really bad, and you're worried all the time. But that's really not. That's really not. I mean, you can worry and worry and worry, and it's not going to help nothing. It's really it just makes anything worse. Uh, and I can say that from. For absolute fact, because if worry could make things, you know, better, you know, I'd be in real good shape. <laughs> but uh, no humility, to, it really is just knowing, basically, that uh, we're all sinners. That you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, and that uh, we need a savior, and 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 that's Jesus, and that's 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 just that's just humility. You know, you know that you're just a sinner, and and, and that you need a savior. And, and you're willing to admit it, you're willing to just, as they say, throw up that white flag and just surrender, you know, and just tell him, you know, not um, not because of nothing good you've done, but just tell him because, you know, you're a sinner and that you need to be saved. And, uh, you know, that's what, I, I mean, that's what I did that night. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about nothing else. And I'm glad that I did that when I was young because Lord help if I'd have waited till I was older uh, I, I made I make things way more complicated than what they are, but it never even occurred to me when I was young that if I went up there, the Lord wouldn't save me. I mean, that thought never even crossed my mind. You know, I just know if you went and, you know, and I believe, the, I, well, let's believe the Bible. I said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believed it, and, uh, and I believe, truly believe, the Lord saved me. Um, and, you know, like I said, that, that humility, too, and it, and it uh, when I was thinking about that, I thought about it. it don't matter if you're a president or if you're a, uh, a drug addict or a prostitute or anything. It's absolutely level. 
the ground is at the cross. I mean, everybody, if they go to heaven, will go by Jesus uh, through his death on the cross. Um, you know, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And it is um, by grace through faith and nothing more, nothing less. And it's, it's all about uh, it's all about Jesus and nothing else. Um, and like I said, it don't matter if you're a billionaire or just a pauper. Uh, it's the same. I remember um, reading a story one time. Um, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon. And he was talking about how that, you know, when back before they had all these stores that, uh, you know, you couldn't just go in a store. I mean, you couldn't, back then you couldn't just go in a store and get a bottle of water. But they had public fountains that anybody could get a drink from. And he's thought to himself how many uh, rich people, maybe in carriages, drove by that fountain, with, but they had too much pride to get out and drink from the same fountain that all the common uh, folks were drinking from. And that's, that's pride. That's pride because they uh, maybe thought they was too good and they didn't want to be seen standing in line with just common people having to drink the same water they drank from. That's the kind of pride that uh, keeps some people from, I believe, uh, coming to the Lord. It's just they don't, they don't want to get down uh, on that level. But, uh, but I tell you, it's, it's when you when you think you're headed down like that, you're really headed up because the Lord will the Lord will save you and He'll uh, He'll lift you back up. And I tell you right now, the times when you feel the lowest. And you come to the Lord is some of the time be some of the best times of your life. It really will. Um, and I and I know one thing too that if you have that um, anxiety or depression or any of that stuff, and if it gets on you hard enough, you will junk the pride in just in a half a second to get relief. I mean, pride goes out the window very very fast when you get in that kind of shape. And like I said, there may be a lot that don't really know or understand what I'm. Uh, what I mean when I say that, but if you get if you get in that kind of shape, like I know I've been in, you, the pride is the last thing on your mind. But um, what goes with it, you know, with the anxiety too, is the worry, and it'll make you question everything. You know, just if you're that kind of a nervousy type, and anxiety it makes you question everything. You'll question what you feel, what you don't feel, and that's a big one too. What you don't feel. Uh, like I always worry, like if I'm in church and everybody seems to be feeling good and doing good and there I am maybe sitting, you know, and not feeling nothing like what they're feeling. And I just get to thinking, what in the world's wrong with me? You know, what, what am I, you know, and I just, you know, and then it'll kind of start. And I'll, you know, by the end of the service, I just have myself worried to death, you know, well, I must, something's wrong or I must, you know, maybe I'm lost or something, you know, and that's, I know that's going 100 miles a minute, but that's kind of how your mind does when you, when you've got a mind like that that's, I don't know, that's kind of anxious or nervous. And uh, like I said, I can I can be sitting in a service like that and if everybody else is feeling good and I'm not, I'm just thinking, oh, Lord, I'm, something must be wrong or maybe, I, maybe I'm lost. And, and on the other hand, too, there's been times uh, I've been in church and has been, and it's more than once, it's been, uh, just felt so good. I mean, just, Lord, I, I think I feel as good as anybody in there. And I'll think to myself, well, you know, I think maybe I'm past this anxiety and I'm, you know, I'm past this doubt. And literally, it won't be a week, it seems like sometimes, and I'll be right back just kind of kind of worried about it again. Maybe not, you know, as bad as usual, but I'll be worried again. And like I said, I, I know some of you are probably shaking your head thinking, what's wrong with him? But I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just how my, that's my makeup, I guess. And I know I, I need to have more faith. I do know that. I need to... Um, have more faith, and I, I always think about that song, uh, "Trust and Obey." It always comes comes to mind when I think about that because there's a so much so much truth in that song because that really is the only way that you can be happy uh, is to trust and obey. If you want to be happy and have joy in the Lord, is trust and obey. And uh, like I said, I I know that, and I'm. And, and, and like I said, Freddie's told me many times, he said, you've got to read your Bible daily and pray. Um, and 
I've come to find out, too, that's not something you can do just when you feel like it. I mean, you've got to uh, read it and 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 meditate on it daily. I'm I'm bad sometimes. I'll go a, a day or days sometimes, and I just I'll get caught up with work and uh, family and stuff going on, and I don't read like I ought to, and that and that's my fault. I I should I should I mean I you know I definitely like read a verse of scripture or something every day, but not sit down and uh, you know just get away and sit down for thirty minutes, hour or something like that, or more. And just read and meditate, and that's what I believe. That's what um, anybody needs to do. I mean, really needs to do. Uh, and I, I believe it makes such a, such a big difference, you know, because the Bible even says, "Be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind." And that's what the Bible does. It it does it transforms you. Um. And also I got it thinking about how that the, the Bible, you know, is alive. And I know some people may scratch their head on that, but I don't really know how to explain that to you. I know that maybe Chris and Grayson and everybody be a lot better at that than me, but um, the Word is alive. Um, in Hebrews um, chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when, that, when it says the Word of God is quick and powerful, that quick there is talking about it's alive, and it is. It's a living Word. Um, one verse in the Bible, just take one verse, can have so many... Um, can be a help to people in uh, maybe a hundred different circumstances, but one verse can speak to each circumstance. Uh, the verse don't change its meaning. The verse always, the Bible says what it, um, um, you know, it, the Bible means exactly what it says. I don't believe in no changing scripture around, but uh, there's just times that a, a verse maybe can help you when you're sad about something or maybe when you're even mad about something. That same verse can help you with that too. Is what I'm what I'm trying to say, but and, and I can tell you too if you're if you're like me too that as as time goes on it, it does it gets a little bit better, and we know we know that the Lord loves us and we know that the Lord cares about us. I mean, um, it's quoted often I know, but you know John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we know the Bible's true. I mean, it, like I said, it says what it means, and you can't, and I would never want to in any way change anything about the Scriptures. Um, the Bible says in Isaiah 40 and verse 8, it says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Now, I know it, it can be tough, and I don't say it, li I don't say it lightly by no means, by no means, but... Um, when I was talking about the Lord loving you. Now, you remember the Lord said that a sparrow doesn't fall from the sky that he doesn't know about. And you remember that the Lord said that the very hairs of our head are numbered. Now, if he's keeping up with all that, you know he cares. Um, I read a story not long ago about a scientist that uh, was an atheist, and he he said he just didn't see how the Lord could keep the galaxies and the stars and everything, um, you know, and the earth, you know, the way it um, rotates on its axis and then, you know, in the galaxy, how it goes around and keep all that and be concerned with individual humans like that. And he just, he couldn't get it. And then one day, uh, one of his buddies bought him a microscope and he was looking at a drop of water under a microscope, and then his, his head popped up, and he says, now I understand. He said he knew that the same minute, invisible-to-the-eye microscopic life that he was looking at being kept alive in that drop of water, God was just as much in control of that as he was and is in, in the galaxy in the place that we live. I mean, God is just as much knows what's going on inside that drop of water as he does in the whole galaxy and all the stars and the earth and the sun and the moon and all. So, and then after he saw that, it, it just like a light come on for him. And, and after that, he, he believed. And uh, 
Now the well, devil will try to tell you, you know, that, uh, well, yeah, that is true. He does, he, he cares about you, but that's really not for you. That's for maybe, you know, other people that you can, you know, you see good in them and you see some of the things they do, but not, people just don't. Now I'm talking to you like here, like maybe something the devil would be telling you or one of his demons that work for him. Like I say, I don't know if it'd be the devil in particular, but they'll they'll tell you you'll have that thought that well you know you can you can kind of see some of the good in other folks but boy if people know your thoughts and your sins and everything that you've done and your faults and your failures so that really don't apply to you maybe like it does them and i know that's one thing i've always been bad about you know i compare myself to everybody else and i just think lord you know i just and you just think and i could see how maybe the lord would love this one or that one or this one but that's there again, that's wrong thinking. You know, you've got to go back to the Bible. Don't. Um, I've always tried to keep, you know, in my mind, you know, don't look inward, look upward. Because I'm telling you, if you want to get discouraged, I mean really discouraged, and you, if you look inward, oh, I mean, it's to me, it's very, very discouraging. But, you know, uh, you remember the Lord said, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And just like, you know, he was making that comparison there as the serpent was lifted up. It said, you know, if you turned and looked, you know, that you that you wouldn't die. And uh, that's why our Lord, you know, was, was hung on the cross and died that terrible death the way he did. Uh, and, you, and you remember that, uh, that, that song, just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Don't look inward. You look, look to Jesus. And let's look at him. Let's look, look up. Because that's where your hope comes from. And just try, try just to hide behind the cross, just to get yourself out of the picture. Um, you know, the Bible says to lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And um, that's what we've got to do. And I know, like I said, it's, um, I'm, like I said, I'm talking to myself here a lot too. It's, but, you know, if it's possible to do or it wouldn't be in the Bible. You know, the Bible says to do that, so the Lord ain't going to ask you to do nothing that's impossible. I mean, if he asks you to do something, he's going to give you what you need to do the job that he's got for you. In Romans 4 and 15, it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And in Romans eight thirty two, it says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So you can take that. I'm telling you from personal experience that worrying is not going to help. The Lord, Jesus, will help you. Um, you know, he knows what it's like. He's, you know, that's the reason he, you know, the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's why he's, he's, um, he knows what we're going through. He's, He's been there. He's been uh, forsaken and, and by friends and uh, disparaged and everything that you can imagine. He's been through it, and he knows, and he understands, and he knows how we feel. And I know that some people you know, think, well, how can he know how I feel? Well, he knows. He knows there ain't nothing he don't know, and he knows, and he cares. And like I said, you, can't, you cannot go by your feelings, and I promise you just— get God's attention, I really believe that this that if you can manage it at times, despite um, how you're feeling, uh, despite what you're seeing, you still, you go on and you're still trying to do your best to do what's right and to live for the Lord, um, I believe that that's the kind of faith that will get the Lord's attention. And I believe that, um, well, I know he does. I know that uh, that's where you do a lot of growing up. I've got a little tree out here next to the side of the house, and I, I really like this little tree. I bought it a few years back at, um, I think, that at Home Depot. But anyway, I was just looking at it the other day, and I thought, how much that tree has grown. Now, I can't sit there and watch that tree grow, but I know that tree's been through storms and wind and rain and sun, and, you know, sometimes I'll stop and look, and I think, man, that, that thing's really growing, and that's how we do, uh, you know, through the 
uh, storms and troubles and everything that we go through, we're growing. You, you, you may not realize it, and I know I don't, like you should, but you are, you're growing. Um, and he's, he's, he's making us, I believe, like he wants us. And uh, I don't believe nothing um, happens to us that uh, catches him by surprise. And I believe that all things work together for our good, I do. Now, I believe that you can you know, get out in the world and get out in sin and, you know, then, you know, that's a different, that's a different story. But if you're trying to live for the Lord um, and, you know, you're, you know, you know, basically trying to live a good life, not saying perfect life, but a good life, then no matter what comes your way, um, you know that if it comes from the Lord, you just say, well, if that's the Lord's will, then, that's, then that's, let, that, let that be my will. Um, in James 1 and 4, it says, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And I want to tell you that I know for sure uh, God will honor His Word. Uh, it's not always easy. Uh, sometimes it's, it's painful. It's tough. But um, I want to try my very best to be faithful on the, on the rainy days or the sunny days. Either one, I want to be found faithful. I remember I was talking to Philip one time, and he brought up that um, that verse, uh, Job thirteen fifteen says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. And that means that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to trust him, even all the way to death and beyond. Uh, where he's going to, that, he's just, Job had his mind made up that even if he died, he's going to trust the Lord. Uh, and you think about Second Peter 3 and 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness. But His long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And, you know, if you think about that verse for um, a little bit, and you think about the words any and all, and that means you and that means me. I mean, the Lord does not want anybody to perish. He wants everybody saved. And... um like I said, if you can get you some verses to memorize, that, that really helps a lot. I've always liked Isaiah 12, 2 has always been a big help to me. And just to have those verses and memorize them, and it makes a, makes a big difference. I tell you, the Lord's never, he's never failed anybody who's come to him for help. The Bible says in Psalms 51, 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, thou will not despise. And that's uh, that's not saying that the Lord wants us to go around and be uh, brokenhearted all the time. It's just a reminder of His mercy and love for us. Uh, Psalms 86 and 5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Now, I've got a lot of things um, in my life, you know, if I could go back and if I could do them over, Lord knows I would. I've got things I regret, uh, things I've done I wished I hadn't done, and some a lot of things I wish that um, I would have done that I didn't do. And um, like I said, it's um, I can just say that God's been faithful. You know, He's just He's been, always been there, and He's been faithful, and He's He's always helped me. Uh, just, you know, it don't matter how you feel, you know, he's there for you. He's, he's, he's going to help you. And I hope that this right here, uh, will help it just maybe at least. One. Well, that was Morgan Caldwell and he told me, he said, you can cut the dog barking out at the end, but, uh, we're going to leave it in there just to give you a little laugh there at the end of it. But, uh, we appreciate, uh, what Morgan done and what he spoke about today and how, he talked about the things that he went through, and I, I just loved how much scripture that he had used. And, and really, you, you can't find the scripture on your own a lot of times as far as if you've never been through it before or whatever. Sometimes you might ought to ask some folk what scripture helps them. And I loved how Morgan went through, and he gave you all of these different uh, pieces of scripture. And, and we really, really appreciate Morgan coming on the podcast and giving that. And I tell you, if there's ever been somebody that I've been cut out of the same cloth as they were, it's it's Morgan Caldwell. And uh, we joke a lot of times, and when I called him and I asked him to come on the podcast, he said this to me. He said, oh, so you figured you'd ask 
the king of anxiety. So he is the self-named king of anxiety. So if you if you want to reach out to Hannah or to Morgan, either one, tell them thank you, what they said helped, whatever. Uh, send us an email, talk to us, whatever, and we'll get with you. But I thought about a couple things uh, tonight as we were as we were listening with you. And when Morgan was talking, we thought about this. And uh, sometimes you feel like you're falling, and you, and you just keep go, falling deeper and deeper and deeper. And and sometimes eventually you'll hit rock bottom. And and the th- thing about hitting rock bottom is if you've gotten a place where anxieties, depression, doubt, uh, troubles of life, whatever they are, have come at you, and you've hit rock bottom, there's only one thing to do, and that's look up. And and so many times we we miss that. We miss that point. And, and that's helped me knowing that even when I'm at rock bottom, even on my worst of days, even on the days that I don't feel saved, I know that the Lord still loves me. And that goes back to what Hannah talked about earlier, how that all of these things work together, all of the trying of our, our faith and all of these things that happened, they all end up leading to us having hope. And, and I'm thankful today that, that we can have that hope. And I thought about this too. There's an old preacher by the name of Elmer Maddox. Me and Elmer uh, done a lot together, and I helped him on his Christmas tree farm. And uh, he meant a lot to me. He was one of them old-time preachers, knew the Word of God, helped in a bunch of different revivals, preached all over the place. And uh, he used to say this. We'd got to talking about doubt one day and, and doubting your salvation, and he related it to losing your wallet and and when he started I thought he was I thought he was crazy but after he got through talking it made sense and he said something like this he said if you were to lose your wallet you tear your house up looking for it and you go all over the house turning the house upside down trying to find your wallet now that doesn't mean that you never had that wallet to begin with you still have that wallet it's just not in your possession you've misplaced it you can't feel it you can't touch it but that doesn't mean it's there somewhere and and that stuck with me. And, and and the same thing, you can take a thousand other things and apply it, but but that's the truth. And and even on days that I don't feel like I'm saved, um, even days that that I feel like I've misplaced it, uh, misplaced my salvation, if you'd have it that way. You can't lose your salvation, you're sealed to the day of redemption. But there are times that that you doubt what what took place in your heart and and you don't don't necessarily. You might have to ask, Lord, are you, am I still saved, Lord? Uh, uh, are you still here with me? And and check up. And I, I've had to do that in my own life. But when I find it, where I found where I left it, where I found the Lord, where I left Him, He was just there. He was just as good, just as real, just as sweet, and just as loving as He was to begin with. But um, we're going to go ahead and start landing the plane and, and closing out this episode. I do want to say this about Morgan Caldwell before I, I quit. He said all these nice things about me, and and I promise you I did not tell him to say that. Um, but I will say this. I, I appreciate both of them coming on, and and I do want you to know that if you listen to every podcast episode that we put out and you don't remember who I am, you don't know who I am, I'm okay with that. Um, honestly, I don't care if you ever know who I am, but ultimately at the end of the day, I want you to know Jesus. And that's the whole point of this podcast, not only to help those that are struggling, but so that lost men, women, boys and girls can be saved and obtain the same salvation that I have. Hear the gospel and maybe the Lord will do a work through it. Uh, but we hope that you have enjoyed what you've heard today. Don't forget to find us on Facebook, Level Ground Podcast. Uh, look at uh, find us there follow the page you'll get notifications every time a episode is uploaded find us on instagram levelground.22 email us at levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com and if any of you need a bible reach out to us we'd be more than happy to get you a bible but that's it today for the level ground podcast until next time stay grounded my friends